Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church. This is the first Sunday in the season of Lent where we take a look at the 40 days of abundant life. Let's listen. Well, today is the first Sunday of our Lenten season. And as you know, during the season of Lent, we are to take some time to be introspective. We are to think more deeply about who we are as Christians and how we can become an even better Christian, how we can become even more Christ-like. Lent is a season where we are to be honest with ourselves about the way we talk, the way we act, the way we think, and maybe take some time to think about how we can improve those things, how we can clean up those things and become more Christ-like. Lent is a season where we are really to reflect on the sins that we are committing and to turn away from them. Now, I know no one really loves that word, sin. No one loves to hear about sins and repentance. There's this instant recoil that takes place when we hear those words, which is probably why Pastor David left me here to preach on this topic. (laughs) No one likes to hear about sins. And the good news is that I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit trail. I'm just going to say... Lent is a season where we think about those things and we turn away from them. Lent is a season where we choose a different path. We turn and we go in a different direction so that our connection with God is stronger, so that our faith has more depth and more meaning to us. This is a season for us to uncover those things that are dragging us further and further away from God and to recenter ourselves so that our attention And our focus is set on God. Now, typically during Lent, people do one of two things. People either add something to their spiritual lives or they remove something from their lives. For instance, someone might decide to add a Bible study to their spiritual lives during Lent. Or you might decide to wake up 30 minutes earlier so you can read scripture and pray. Or you add something else that will help you each day to recenter and to refocus on God. The other thing that people do is they remove things that are hindering their spiritual walk. So some people decide to take a break from social media. Some people decide to abstain from alcohol or chocolate during the season of Lent. But no matter if you are adding something or removing something, no matter if you're doing neither one of these things, this is the season in our church calendar where we are to become intentional about refocusing on God. This is the season where we strengthen our walk with our Creator. Now, I will admit that it is hard to keep our Lenten practices for the full 40 days. That is a long period of time to change and do something different or to add something to your life. And I will admit that there was one year where I failed miserably, One year, I decided I was going to take my Lenten practices to a different level. I was going to abstain from chocolate, soda, ice cream, brownies, pies, all of the good and yummy things in life. And I failed terribly, as you might imagine. I made it one week, maybe two, max. And I was back to indulging, back to overindulging in my favorite goodies. Now, I also know that the reason that I failed miserably was twofold. The first reason I failed so poorly was because that is far too many things to remove from your life that are good and yummy, right? Like that is not a plan for success. You are going to fail. But two, 
my motive was not pure. I was not removing these things to draw closer to God, to refocus my attention on God. I was removing these things to drop a few pounds, to get healthier. Y'all, that is called a diet, not a Lenten practice. The Gospel of Matthew actually warns us of these things. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In this passage, Jesus is telling his followers to have pure motives, to not practice their piety for vain, selfish reasons. He warns them not to practice their piety before others for the sole purpose of being seen by them. Essentially, Jesus is challenging his followers to refocus their attention on God, to put their hearts in the hands of God so that their actions and their behaviors are grounded in a pure and simple desire to move closer to God. And when we do that, when we add or remove those necessary things so that we can draw closer to God, our whole life changes. That is when we are truly rewarded, and it's a reward that can only come from our Father in heaven. Jesus' words are really aimed at our inner life. They address the need to be careful that the outward expression of our religious activity is not geared toward pleasing others or receiving hollow praise from individuals, to make sure that we aren't giving, praying, or fasting in order to be accepted by other people. Jesus says when we attend worship so that others think that we are spiritual— Or if we give or pray to impress someone else, he says, well, then you've already received your reward. In other words, when our inner motivation for religious activity of any kind is anything other than a pure desire to draw closer to God, then there is no spiritual gain. Jesus is very simply saying, put into practice those things that will enhance your life and develop a deeper and more meaningful relationship with your Creator. Do those things that will strengthen your walk with the Lord, and that is when you, where you will find the true treasures, the true rewards of this lifetime. It is a reward that can only come from the Father in heaven. That is where you will find and experience abundant life. Now, it just so happens that our Lenten sermon series for this year is about abundant life. The title of it is 40 Days of Abundant Life. And this term, abundant life, comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, which says, I have come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. Throughout this series, we're going to dive into what abundant life is, what that looks like, and how we obtain it. But just to give you a little glimpse this morning, abundant life is a life lived in union with Christ. Abundant life comes from having a relationship with God. Abundant living is a life that is filled with all these things that are good for us. A life filled with love and joy and peace, confidence and kindness. Abundant life is a life full of those things that money cannot buy and that can only come from God. There was a well-known author and minister from the United Church of Christ. His name was Scott Hosey, and he described this idea of abundant life this way. He said, maybe the kingdom is like this. It's here, it's real, it's right outside your door. The kingdom of God is at hand. Don't be so easily satisfied with the temporary pleasures of money, power, and food, alcohol, drugs, cable TV, the wonders of technology, material possessions, or whatever else distracts you from actively pursuing a relationship with God. A better, exciting, hopeful, joyful kingdom of life is real. The kingdom of God is at hand. We live knowing that this is true and within reach. Scott Hosey was describing what it's like to live in union with God, in relationship with God, and experience this blissful state that follows. To help illustrate this notion of abundant life this morning, we have a skit to show you. And throughout this skit, you'll get a glimpse of what abundant life looks like and feels like. I'd been wading through a muddy swamp for a few years, and there was gunk and smelly stuff dried and caked all over me. To try and get the crud off, I had jumped into a pond. Crazy me. It was a sewer, but it looked so inviting. And it felt right at the time. There were others swimming in the pond. And they seemed to be having such fun. So there I was. Swimming through a sewer. After a while, it wasn't fun. It was hard. It was dangerous. And I was desperately thirsty. But there was nothing safe to drink. I moved through the muck, seeing filth I'd never in my life thought I'd see up close. But there it was. I got so tired, I was just keeping my head above water. Working my way downstream, I got lost. One tributary looked like another. And I couldn't find my way. Then, in the distance, I heard the most inviting sound. It sounded like a waterfall. The sound of that pounding, falling water drew me with its promise of relief. If I could just get there, I thought, I could swim under the falls, stand under the falls and drink, and scrub, and scrape, and wash myself clean. I raised my arm to change direction. The moment I began to swim toward that sound, I saw him, Jesus. He looked right at me and said, Give me your heart, and I will take your filth. How far do I have to swim? You don't. Just hang on to me, and I'll do it for you. But you're clean, and I'll get you dirty. It's okay. I have a special place. I put this stuff. 
You do? It's called the cross. You mean you'll take it and get rid of it? Even the smelly stuff? He smiled and nodded. I couldn't resist the thought of freedom and fresh air and being clean. I jumped into his arms. The next thing I knew, we were standing under a huge waterfall. He was laughing. And so was I. He swung me around in his arms and said, Look, my love has made you clean. Then he said, Now, let's go swimming. He put me down and we swam and splashed and explored. The world was full of beautiful clear lagoons and glorious oceans and thundering mighty rivers and bright glassy lakes. He would challenge me to a race and let me win. We floated on our backs and looked at the sky. We never tired. My grace is all you need, child. Every time. Not just once, but always. He said gently, If you get dirty, if you get lost, if you go your own way, and you will, just tell me. Tell me everything, and I will take all your filth. I will bathe you in my living water. He was right. Time went by. And I strayed back into the brown water, the brackish, buggy, stagnant puddles. Hello, called a friend. I see you strayed. Do take my advice. Get out while you can. Yes, I must. Steer clear of that current over there, she advised. Go that way. And if you swim very hard, using all your strength, you'll make it. And I'm sure Jesus will be very pleased. So I swam very hard. I was exhausted. And quite in need of a good cleaning. If you swim every day, said my friend, you'll work your arms and legs and become a much stronger swimmer. Well, look at me. Since Jesus put me under that waterfall years ago, I've been able to steer clear of the mud and the muck. I've taken all sorts of training. I can navigate these waters well. I'm sure he is very pleased with me. I've really kept myself quite clean. But where would you put dirty stuff if you were to get lost in the mire? Well, certainly it's a ter terrible bother. But I'm stronger now. What with working so hard, and I've increased my wind capacity. I can carry quite a bit myself. In fact, I can teach you to do the same. Do you ever get tired? Do you ever just wish he would pick you up again and dance you around that magnificent waterfall? Oh, I can look back at my cleansing and remember it fondly. But he set me on my course and now it's up to me to keep clean and strong and do what it takes to stay out of trouble, said the friend with confidence. When she you, continued. When you've been in the water as long as I have, other people are looking to you for guidance. You don't need the splashing and the laughter. You work hard. You work hard and you swim well and you navigate with excellence. But don't you miss the splashing around with Jesus in the water and the joy of him gathering you up and cleansing you off? And don't you miss his laughter? The friend thought a moment. She stared at the water. 
I don't believe I'd recognize his laughter anymore. After all this time, she said wistfully, and I'm not sure I'd be all that comfortable in his arms. A tear rolled down her cheek, and as she wiped it away, her dirty hand left a streak. Listen, friend, I'm growing very tired of treading water. Gnats swarmed overhead. Apprehension hung in the air. Me too. But we've gone way too far to get help. Too far. And then, to their great relief, the voice of Jesus called to them across the water. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you hear that? Does he mean us? My grace is enough for you. My power is perfect when you are weak. He means us. He really means us. Let's go. The two turned to swim towards the voice, but they didn't have to. Jesus was right there, and his arms were open wide. The skit is a beautiful depiction of what it means to experience abundant life to experience this union with Christ, this oneness with God, to have a deep and meaningful relationship with our Creator. This skit, it illustrates what it takes to experience this blissful state of abundant living. It takes turning to God, letting go of our sins, the things that draw us away from Him. It entails taking one step towards God, taking that step towards him, knowing that he will meet us right where we are, swooping us up in his arms. And that's exactly what Lent is about. That is exactly what our Lenten practices help us to accomplish. Lent is this season where we put into place these practices, which will help us take that first step towards God. It's a time where we identify what is distracting us from him, what is pulling us away from God, and we remove those things, or we add something to our spiritual lives that will help us take that first step. It's a season where we turn away from our sins, and we turn towards God, knowing that he will meet us there. Now, I know that it can be hard to do this sometimes. It can be hard to take that first step towards God. It can be hard to also stay in union with Christ. Our skit even pointed that out. In that skit, we see how one individual had grown complacent. She thought she could do it all on her own, and she drifted further and further away from God as time passed. And I'm sure that resonates with all of us on some level. All of us, no matter where you are in your faith journey, will grow complacent. God will be distant at times, that's part of the journey. But Lent is a season where we can come back to him. As we contemplate where we are in our own personal lives, what we, where we are in our own personal faith journeys, in that first step that we need to take, I want to share a couple of quotes with you. These quotes are from two well-known authors. The first one comes from C.S. Lewis, who once wrote, We are far too easily satisfied in life. We're like a child who turns down an invitation for a day at the beach and chooses instead to stay sitting in a slum alley making mud pies just because the child really can't imagine how much better a day at the beach could be. 
What could be better than making these slimy mud pies, the child might think. Ah, if only he knew. The next quote comes from Dallas Willard. He was a well-known author and philosopher, and he wrote, When I was a boy, rural electrification was just happening, and power lines were being strung throughout the countryside. But suppose even after the lines were up and running, you ran across a house where the weary family was still using candles and kerosene lanterns for light, and used scrub boards and ice chests and rug beaters. A better life was waiting for them right outside their door. If only they would let themselves be hooked into the power lines. My friends, you could proclaim, electricity is at hand. But suppose they just didn't trust it, thought it was too much of a hassle, and anyway, they didn't believe the promises that things might be easier with this newfangled juice running into their house. If it's all the same to you, we'll stick with the old ways, they said. Sometimes it is easier to stick with the old ways. Sometimes it is easier to keep doing what you've been doing instead of turning and going in a different direction, instead of choosing a different path and taking that step closer to God. We are quick to come up with excuses all day long about why we're not going to choose a different path, why we're not going to try something new. It seems easier. It's more comfortable. I can manage it all on my own. These are the things that we tell ourselves so that we don't have to step out of our comfort zone, so that we don't have to let go of the control. But what C.S. Lewis and Dallas Willard were sharing in their quotes was that a new way of life, a new way of doing things, may actually bring a person more happiness than what they are currently experiencing or what they can even imagine. Hard as it may be to change and go in a new direction, in the long run, it might make you happier and it might make life easier, like having electricity rather than relying on candles and kerosene. Or like experiencing the joy and bliss of the beach rather than slinging mud pies in an alley. When we turn away from those things that are distracting us and leading us further away from God, when we start doing the real work of actively pursuing a relationship with our Creator, that is when our whole life will change. That is when there will be this overabundance of joy and happiness, an overabundance of true life, a reward that can only come from our Father in heaven. So as we embark on our Lenten journey this Sunday, Let us think about what we can do throughout Lent, what sort of practices we can put into place for these next 40 days. Let us take some time to contemplate what practices will take us one step closer to God. Let us do those things that will strengthen our walk with the Lord so that we can find the true treasures, so that we can find the true life and experience the joy of abundant life. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.